You know how they say some things are timeless? The interview you're about to hear is exactly that, timeless. And I think it deserves another listen. And if you've never heard this interview before, you're in for a real treat. Please enjoy this interview rewind. So I go to my wife, I go, honey, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to become a full-time land investor. Yeah. And she's pregnant. Okay. She's like, absolutely not. So, like, okay, okay. so I was That's cute, honey. That's cute. <laughs> and it took me about 18 months for the land investing income to exceed the investment banking income. And then I quit. Yeah. And I've been doing it full-time ever since. I've done it over 5,500 times now. And I absolutely love it. You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now, your host, Mike Simmons. Hey guys, how's everybody doing today? Thank you for joining me here on the podcast, Just Start Real Estate. I appreciate that. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. Happy to have you. Glad that you're back for another episode. And uh, that means that you're probably getting some good value. So that's awesome. If you're new to the podcast, welcome and uh, hope you enjoy it. I hope you love it. I uh, really try hard to make sure that every episode is packed full of goodness that makes you want to keep coming back. Uh, and if you haven't given the show a rating and review, that is really, really appreciated. really helps a lot. Like I'm not just saying that. If you guys could pause this, go give it a rating or review, come back, that would be sweet. If you want to wait till the end and do it, that's awesome too. Either way, a rating review though is really, 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 really appreciated. So thanks for being here. Uh, I'm excited about my show. I have a fellow podcaster on the show, somebody whose uh, podcast I have been on a couple of times. And this is the first time he has been on this podcast and I'm excited to have him. Uh, he is doing some investing that is different from what most people that I know are doing. It's a little different angle. It's a different segment of the industry, but I've said it in the show before. There's a thousand ways you can skin a cat. Uh, there, well, maybe that's a bad analogy for cat lovers, but there's a thousand ways you can get something done. And uh, he is doing it in a way that not everyone is doing. Uh, he's investing in land, uh, raw land. So kind of a cool model. And he really walks through it in detail during this episode. He really lays out his business model and even his team, like how his team is structured and what everyone does. So it's a really cool episode uh, for a type of investing that is is extremely interesting. I'm not doing it right now. I can foresee it being something that I get into. Uh, it's very, very cool. And I'm also going to check out his book, which he'll talk about as well. So uh, on the show today, I have Mark Podolsky. And uh, a while back, armed with only $3,000 and a gut-wrenching fear and absolutely no real estate experience, Mark bought his first few parcels of raw land in 2001. Today, Mark is the author of Dirt Rich, The Ultimate Guide to Helping You Build Passive Income. And owner of Frontier Properties, a very reputable and successful land investing company, and has been buying and selling land full-time since 2001. By focusing on working smart, not hard, he has completed over 5,500 land deals with an average ROI of over 300% on cash flips and over 1,000% on deals he sells with financing terms. And we're going to talk about all of that. Super interesting stuff. So without any further delay, I give you Mark Podolsky. 
All right, Mark, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate it. Mike Simmons, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, no, this is going to be fun. Uh, I've been on your podcast and I've done that. I was hoping to get you on here uh, because you have a ton to offer. Your model is, uh, I think people are going to find this very, very interesting if they're not already doing it. It's something that they'll definitely find interesting. And I have a lot of questions too. I've been on your show, like I said, but I haven't got to ask you a ton of questions. So uh, I'm looking forward to, to being able to dig into your model and figure out why you do things the way you're doing it. Uh, but first, let's give people some context. Let's go back maybe a little bit before the start of your real estate career and talk about what, what you were doing beforehand and what led you to this. Why, why real estate at all? Yeah, so let's rewind to year 2000. Oh my gosh, 20 years ago. <laughs> Wait, were people alive a, then? That's so long ago. <laughs> I, I know, I know. I was an overstressed, micromanaged, 45-minute commute to work and back employee, you know, I was working as an investment banker specializing in mergers acquisitions. I was, I hate it so much, Mike, that I wouldn't get the Sunday blues anticipating Monday coming around. <laughs> I'd get the Friday blues <clears throat> yeah. anticipating the weekend going by really fast yep. and having to be back at work on Monday. So my firm hires this guy telling me that as a side hustle, he's going to tax deed auctions. He's buying up raw land, pennies on the dollar. He's flipping them online and he's making a 300% return on his investment. I'm looking at companies all day long and a great company, yeah. great company is 15% EBITDA margins or free cash flow. Your average company is 10% and I'm looking at companies all day long, less than 10%. So of course I don't believe them. Right. So we go to New Mexico. I do exactly what he says to do. I've got three grand saved up for car repairs. I buy up 10 half acre parcels an average price of $300 each. I flip them online and they all sell for an average price of $1,200 each. It worked 100%. Yeah. So I took all that money, went to another auction. And I'm, it's in Arizona where I live. And again, it's 2000. There's no one in the room. And I'm buying up lots. And I'm buying up acreage for like nothing. And over the next six months, I need over $90,000 cash. So I go to my wife. I go, honey, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to become a full-time land investor. Yeah. And she's pregnant. Okay. She's like, absolutely not. So, okay, okay. <laughs> so I worked That's cute, honey. That's cute. <laughs> and it took me about 18 months for the land investing income to exceed the investment banking income. And then I quit. Yeah. And I've been doing it full-time ever since. I've done it over 5,500 times now. And I absolutely love it. And I can walk you, you know, through the model if you, if you want, Mike. Yeah, we will do that. But first, I have a note here. Something that I actually got for that you had said at some point, I believe, that you were... Uh, trapped in a uh, a soulless corporate job man does that ring home for me I, I was in the same situation i was in the automotive industry and if there's an industry that has more bitter angry people who hate their life more i would like to know what it is maybe it's investment banking i don't know but um no i no it's auto <laughs> yeah win. yeah thank you yeah. <laughs> i don't know if i want to win that but i, I i'm competitive right. so thank you i won uh but yeah it was tough and and i had a, a similar situation my wife wasn't pregnant when i left my when i ultimately left my corporate job but the deal was you have to save at least one year's salary in cash in the bank. And then after eight months, we have a meeting and we decide, is this working? And if it's not, you have four months to find a job, right? And then no no harm, no foul, because I have that money to fall back on. And I said, deal. And then I haven't looked back, obviously, but kind of the same situation, just a horrible life, just 
surrounded by horrible circumstances, felt trapped. It was the whole nine. It all it all really resonates with me what what you were saying. So, but you but the difference is you found land and I found flipping right. And I and I will say what I found was being glorified on TV and it wasn't hard to know what flipping was. But land is a different story. I still don't hear a ton of people talking about land. I hear people talking about it for sure. And you are the leader there. But um, it's not that when you go to a RIA, it's not what 95% of the people are talking about, right? So it's interesting that you found someone doing it, and then you start doing it. Now, uh, I do want to walk through the model. I definitely do. And I know for me, when I started in real estate it was 2008. So it was right when everything was crashing and real estate was very inexpensive. So that was a good thing from a real estate inspector's perspective, because it was just easier to find deals. Um, how how much like the landscape is it now? Like if I were to be Mark in 2020, and I want to start this. Can I pick up land in your area for 300 bucks, sell it for 1200 bucks? Is that still a reality or is that like old numbers that don't really exist anymore? It's kind of crazy, but it, it's still the same. Really? And you've got, because you have a really inefficient market. And when I walk you through the model, you'll kind of see the way that we do it. Yeah, let's but do really, it. Really, we, we, we take this asset that is a liability for somebody, and then we offer 25 cents on the dollar and three to five percent of people accept it so really those numbers have not changed very much I'm, i've always been very surprised by it and even as more people have gotten into land investing it's just like you, what you said i mean the market is so massive I mean, there's really and if you go to a real meeting I mean, it's like, like the least sexy niche possible everybody can wrap their head around a house a right. place to live yep Nobody really needs raw land. It's like you, you know, you wake up and you're like, okay, I'm like, I, I've got to get raw land today. But exactly. there's a lust <laughs> for land in this country. There's billions and billions of acres available. There's no big money. In it. There's no private equity groups. No hedge funds. Yeah. Again, like you're not going to see me on the DIY network or HGTV on flip this land. It's the before pictures raw land. The after pictures raw land. It's like the least interesting niche out there. Yeah, I, I do want you to walk through it because I am. I am as ignorant about it as probably anyone listening right now. I, I have, I'm going to have a million questions, but I'm going to let you start walking through the process. And if you don't mind, every once in a while, I might just jump in and interrupt and to ask a question. Sure. So, Mike, where do you live? Michigan. Michigan. All right. I'm going to assume you owe $200 in back taxes on this property in Texas. So, essentially, I'm going to go to the county treasurer. I'm going to get a list of people that owe back taxes. And there I say, oh, there's Mike Simmons. He's in Michigan. He owes $200 in back taxes on this property in Texas. So, Mike, you're advertising two things to me. Number one, you have no emotional attachment to that raw land. You're in Michigan, the property's in Texas. Yeah. Number two, you're distressed financially in some way because when we don't pay for things, we don't value them in the same way. You even paid your property taxes. As a result, the kind of treasurer is sending you every single month a little note saying, Mike, if you don't pay these taxes, we're going to auction off this property eventually to a tax deed or a tax lien investor. Okay. So what I'll do is I'll look at the comparable sales on that 10 acre parcel in Texas that you own. And let's say the lowest comparable sale is $10,000. All I'm going to do is divide by four. And that's going to give me what Warren Buffett would call a 300% margin of safety. So I'm going to send you an actual offer of $2,500 for your 10 acres. Well, for you, that's better than nothing. So you accept it. Now, in reality, three to five percent of people accept our quote unquote top dollar offer. How many? What percent? Now, three to five percent. Three to five percent. Okay. So now after you accept it, I've got to go through due diligence or this in-depth research. I gotta confirm, Mike, you still own the property. Yep. I gotta confirm back taxes are only two hundred dollars. 
I got to confirm there's been no breaks in the chain of title, no liens or encumbrances. Oh, and I have a whole property checklist. And I outsource that to my team in the Philippines. I pay $11 for due diligence. They're connected to an American title company. Now, if I was going to pay $5,000 or more, then we would just close through title. But this is $2,500. bucks. Right. i will take a little bit of risk. So now everything checks out, and I send you a check for $2,500. And now I'm going to sell this property 30 days or less, and I'm going to make it cash flow, just like a renter. So I've got a built-in buyer for this property. You know who it is? No, I'm dying to know, though, because that was one of the questions the I wrote neighbors. down. The neighbors. Oh. So I'm going to send out neighbor letters saying, hey, here's your opportunity. Expand your holdings, protect your privacy, protect your views, and acquire this property. Now, if the neighbors pass, I'll go to my buyer's list. My buyer's list passes. I go to a little website you may have never heard of called Craigslist, <laughs> 10th most trafficked website in the United States. Yeah. I'll go to an even smaller one, Facebook, buy, sell groups, marketplace, and then I'll go to the lands, landmoto.com, landfarm.com, landsofamerica.com, landflip.com. Landhub.com, there's a million of them. So these are platforms where people buy and sell raw land. So the way that I'm going to sell it, though, is where the magic happens. So I'm going to ask for a $2,500 down payment. I'm going to try to get my money out right away, where I might go out six months. And then I'm just going to make it a car payment. Let's say $449 a month, 9% interest over the next 84 months. So I get my money out on the down or within six months. I get a recurring payment of $449 a month. At 9% interest in the next 84 months, no renters, no rehabs, no renovations, no rodents. And because I'm not dealing with the tenant, I'm exempt for, from RESPA, the SAFE Act, right. Dodd-Frank, all this onerous real estate legislation. And then the game we play is can we create enough of these land notes where our passive income exceeds our fixed expenses? And now we're working because we want to, not because we have to. Right. And, and that's the model. So you're... You're essentially selling it on land contract or whatever. It's kind of a weird way to say it. But exactly. No, it, it is a land contract. Okay. It's opposed to a deed of trust. So there's no cost of foreclosure. Okay. So that property stays in my name until they pay off their note. If they're in default, then they've got 30 days to cure. After that, I keep the down payment. I keep all the <clears> monthly <throat> payments. I resell it. it. You may have said, said this, and now it might have been writing notes and missed it, but how do you value? How do you decide the value of the land? How, how do you know that? So the lowest comparable sale. Okay. Okay. Last 12 to 18 months. Okay. Is how I'm going to value it. I gotcha. Okay. So in this case, you bought it for 2,500, you sell it to the neighbor who wants to protect their privacy or whatever the case, whatever reason they do it for. And, and what is the, I, I might've missed this too. What is the purchase? What is your sales price? What are you selling it for? So it's going to be not the lowest comp. It's going to be either the median comp or the highest comp depending okay. on supply demand in that area. So it might be 20 grand. And you just say twenty five hundred dollars. Care, yeah, because they're like, oh, I can afford the monthly payment. Yeah, yeah. I don't care about the total price. If you had to guess, and I don't know, maybe you have the data on this. I'm probably not at the top of your head, but if you had to guess, how what percentage of the time do you buy land and you just can't sell it, or nobody? Well, I have it? that answer. I've never, never been stuck really with a piece of raw land. They've all sold. Wow, every single piece. I've never been stuck. My clients have never been stuck with a piece of raw land. Because think about it logically, whether it's a piece of raw land or a car or a trinket, anything you buy 25 cents on the dollar, there's someone else on the other end of that deal. Yeah. Now, maybe I didn't make my average 300 to 1,000% return. Right. Maybe I made 50% or 100%, but still, I'm not complaining. How often is, the, the, is it the neighbor that gets it? Is that a fairly large percentage of the time or is that just a, another factor? 
That's just another factor. I'd say okay. for me, because I'm doing it so long, I yeah. sell more to my list okay. than I do anyone else. Okay. But for my clients, it'll be a good mix between the neighbors, their list. And then, you know, right now, Facebook is super hot. Yeah. Okay. So you, you mentioned if the land is inexpensive enough and you're not buying it for a big dollar amount, you're not going through a title company. So it sounds like you're, you're they're just deeding it to you and you're writing them a check after you do your background checks. That's pretty much it then. Is that, is that, and then when you sell it to somebody, like I know with in the house world, I'm trying, my brain is just trying to correlate and that's all I can do because that's all I know. It's hard for me to sell a house to an investor that doesn't have clear title, right? That doesn't have like a warranty deed. What is it like in the land world when you buy it for 2,500 and you have the folks in the Philippines to plug into their network and kind of do their due diligence and then you write them a check and they deed it over. Like how does that work when you go to sell it? Yeah, same thing. So when they pay off their note, we give them a warranty deed. Okay. And they don't... Yeah, so it's not... Yeah, not I mean, a lot of pushback again, you know, We're not talking about hundreds of yeah, thousands of dollars. Yeah. I mean, this is a real big money. So it's worth yeah. a very, very small risk. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. I've been doing this for 20 years and I've had like one deal come back to me where we had to, you know, figure out like the, the, a deed issue that came up. Okay. So it's very, very rare. Can you do quiet title and things like that on, on land if it comes to that? Yeah, it's expensive. Yeah, yeah. It's also, um, it also takes a lot of time. There's a company out there called taxtitleservices.com. They're quicker than quiet title. They're less money than a quiet title action. And let, so they'll, they'll clear your, your title for you. Okay. And then you can get title insurance on, okay. on that property. Let's say I, you know, for, like, for a lot of places, like if you do a tax deed auction, um, they'll give you a, a, a sheriff's deed and a bank doesn't like it. They want to make sure that this is warrantable title. You go yeah. to a service like that, and then they're like, oh, okay. Okay. So you mentioned that you sell a lot of stuff to your buyer's list. You've been doing this a long time. That makes total sense. How does one find buyers for land? How do you even start building a list like that? If I'm new and I'm like, I just want to make, I want to do this for the long term, and I want to be like Mark, I want to build a buyer's list so I have that. How do you even find people? I know in real estate how you do it, or not real estate, you're in real estate. In, in houses, I know how you do it, but how do you do it in land? So land, I mean, we have a massive market. So let's say I buy a piece of property in, in Texas, right? Yep. So if I bought in rural Texas, I'm not going to advertise it in rural Texas on Facebook or Craigslist. I'm going to go to my big cities. I'm going to go to Dallas. I'm going to go to Houston. I'm going to go to Austin yeah. and advertise it there. And so we're going to make it irresistible. Everybody can afford this. And then it's just telling the story. And, you know, limited, it's only limited by your imagination in the marketing. And then you take away the risk. So I have a very simple customer philosophy, happy customers guaranteed. And I tell them, I never want anybody to buy property from me sight unseen. So we've got 90 days, go out there. If you don't love it for whatever reason, I'll either exchange it for property you do love or I'll refund you. I have a 365 day exchange guarantee. Wow. So if you do, if you can't get out there in 90 days, you get out there six months from now and you don't love it. I'll exchange it for property you do love. So hmm. we make it absolutely irresistible. We take away the risk and then it's, then we just automate it. So I use a program called geekpay.io. It's a set it and forget it system. I get the down payment by credit card. They make me the monthly payments via ACH automated. But then if the ACH fails, it will hit their credit card. It automates the notices. So it's, it's amazing because now I'm 90% automated on the front end with software, the back end with software. Yeah. And I've got inexpensive VAs because the last thing we want to do, Mike, and you know this because you wrote a book about it, is create another job for ourselves. Yeah. 
Yep. How many hours a week would you say you spend working on your land uh, business? I'm in the business one hour a week. Okay. And I have a, so I have a meeting with my team every Wednesday um, where we look at the numbers. I want to know how many offers went out, how many deals are pending, um, how many deals are did we, did we close. Sure. And then I want to have a talk about you know, different marketing methods. We thought of this, we thought of that. Like my team hates it when I have a cup of coffee in the morning and I vox them. I use like this this, uh, walkie-talkie app. I'm like, what if we did this? And now I'm breaking (laughs) something that's working. Yeah. But so that's really my role is as a CEO is a strategy and looking for other opportunities in other ways to create building value. So that, that's interesting. Now, now we're kind of, I'm going to talk to you a little bit more as someone who's built teams and has a scaled up business and has some automation, right? What, what does your team look like? Can you walk me through the anatomy of your team and just tell me yeah, what does it take yeah, to run yeah. a business like you are running? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the first thing is we need to get a list, right? So yep. the first piece is the person who's in charge of that county research is responsible that piece. So this is my acquisition manager. Okay. So the acquisition manager says, we're going to go after this county in Texas. And then they need to write up to me in the beginning. Why is this a good county? Yeah. X, Y, and Z. Okay. Makes sense. Then they go get the list. We've got this crazy list from the county assessor. We go to our guy on Fiverr, who's an Excel ninja, and he scrubs that list and puts it into a beautiful little sort of like CSV file. Okay. We then upload that into LG Pass, the LandGeek proprietary automated software system. You probably have something similar. Mm-hmm. So we take that list, it gets uploaded in our, in our program, and it, it, using a lob API, the mail goes out with our offers. Okay. Now the offers have to be created. So again, the acquisition manager will look at the comps, divide by four, and then sorted by sort of like APN number, assessor's parcel number, we're sending out our offers. Okay. Now uh, the offers go out. Now they come back. This is where the intake manager comes in and the, the acquisition manager sort of takes a back seat. So intake is a hourly position where they are compensated by renegotiating the price a little bit lower and qualifying for us. Is this seller really a seller or are they just mad about the offer? Yeah. So when they come in, the intake manager deals with the seller. Then they're in charge of closing with that seller. And we only use Simplifile County, so we make it really easy. Simplifile, we just, you just take a picture of the deed and upload it in. So okay. we send the seller the deed for them to sign, notarize, and back to us. We take a picture of it, upload it. Now we own the property. Hmm. Then the acquisition manager is in charge of mailing the neighbors. Again, that's automated with our neighbor letters. And they go to the GIS map, figure out who the neighbors are. Very simple. So it's moving down the line in our software. Now, of course, the due diligence piece I talked about, that was already going to the Philippines and they were in charge of all that. So we got intake and due diligence working together. We closed. Acquisition manager now goes to our ad writers and our marketing team. So we've got an ad writer for Craigslist. Then we have somebody that's in charge of Facebook posting. So the acquisition manager has a template of these headlines work for this property. And then here are the details that you need to do. Copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. Put them here, put them here, put them here. Now our marketing machine is working. Now we start getting the leads. And this is where our acquisition manager works with our VAs, where the VAs qualify. And then it goes to the acquisition manager to ask them, how much do you want to put down? Sends out the closing links via GeekPay. We get our 
down payment. And then that goes into GeekPay, where in LG Pass, LG Pass then automates the purchase sale agreement, the promissory note, the land sale contract. That all goes out via like a DocuSign, mm -hmm. where our new buyer signs it. We set up that note in GeekPay, and the process is very simple. So what used to take me hours and hours now takes me one second wow. because of automation. And then what used to take me, you know, 20 hours a week to, to work in the business. Now I'm working just on strategy because the team is working on everything. You mentioned in the beginning, they're getting a list. Is this something, is this an online thing where you get lists? Is that, is that how you do it? You can. Uh, or is it, or is it all like it, physically going into the county courthouse? Well, you, you can, well, you, it depends on the county. So yeah. like all the counties in Florida, you can get the lists online. Yeah. Okay. There's other counties where you're going to actually email them and get a list. Some okay. counties will actually charge you for a list. You can go to a, a company like a datatree.com and get lists or listsource.com. Yeah. So, or, uh, so there's, you know, there's tons of different ways to get a list. You can even use software and build a list. Yeah. Um, but you'll get the list. Okay. Is it, is it all tax default? Is that really what you're going after primarily or are there a myriad you know, that's, of things? That's the lowest hanging fruit. Okay. Once we can, once we realize after this lowest hanging fruit that we have a market and it's a solid market, I don't care if they're current or in tax default. I want okay. to mail everybody that owns raw land. Gotcha. Good. So also, like I live in Michigan and I know land is probably a heck of a lot cheaper than it is in other states. Does this work well in other states? Like, do you target states like California, for example, a lot of high, you know, high cost land? I'm sure the houses are super high, so I'm sure the land's really high. Well, yeah, I, li I like California, but there's certain counties in California where it's less expensive. Okay. So, I mean, Mike, let's be honest. Like nobody wakes up and, and, and thinks to themselves, boy, I would like some raw land in Michigan today. Right. Unless you right. live in Michigan. Yeah. Like California, Nevada, Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona. Yeah. Texas, a little bit of Washington, Oregon, and Florida, the sunshine states. Yeah. Yeah. That's where we focus. Now, I've done deals in Oklahoma. I've done deals in Pennsylvania. But that's not where I'm focused. Gotcha. So somebody like me, or let's just use some fictitious person in Ohio, Illinois, same same demographics, right? They say, I want to do this. I'm kind of, I don't have a lot of money. I'm kind of conservative. I don't want to go crazy and start investing all over the country. Could they Could they start in their local market? Does that even make sense? Or if you were advising someone, would you say, don't even, don't do that? Don't I see you shaking that. your head, but you no, say, don't do that. Okay. Yeah, no, absolutely not. So you want to start where you know definitively deals can be done. Okay. Now, if you can show me in your little county in Ohio that there's this, you know, a raging land market in this county in Ohio, then great. Right. But most of the time, if you live in New York or LA, Chicago, those big city people, Dallas, they want properties in the sunshine. States. Yeah. They want to get away from the bad weather. Got they it. want somewhere like they can just go out and bug out to or camp or hunt fish. They don't, they don't want to be in those areas. Totally. That makes sense. Um, I'm, I want to move. I'm so I'm feeling so bad about where I live now. I just want to get the hell out of here. Um, no, I'm just kidding. So, uh, boy, I just lost my question. I was going to ask you, Oh, I know what it was. So in, in, in residential real estate, it's very competitive, like five years ago, considerably easier, 10 years ago, even easier to find deals. Um, it's, it's a lot more competitive now than it was. Do you find when you send, by the way, do you send cards or letters or something different letters? letters. Okay. So when you send yeah. a letter and you get, you get some people calling you, do you find they have a stack of letters of people that are making offers on their land or is it? No, yeah, no. Okay. I mean, you know, sellers are like the bus. I mean, there's always another deal down the pike. Yeah. Um, it's, 
you know, there are some more competitive counties where a seller might think, oh, this is the second letter I've gotten, you know, last three months. Okay. But it's, it's really, really. Yeah. They're not, they're not showing you a stack of 30 of them when you go there. No. Yeah. Yeah. And I I have a coaching client and he's, he's locked up a a hundred parcel deal in like the most competitive county in Colorado. Like I'm there. My clients are there. Like it feels like everyone's there. But again, it's a massive market. He got a hundred lots there. And I'm like, how could Ray, who lives in Hawaii, get this deal? I've been living in this county for 20 years. Yeah. How does he get it? And that just tells you, like, you get the right seller on the right day. Yeah. You never know. It's like, you know, you get a credit card offer. Yep. Every day in the mail. Like, you just kind of show up. It's a consistency game. Totally. Totally. So when you're starting out, like what would a person starting out, okay, I'm in Michigan and I'm going to start looking uh, like, I, I know you offer courses and things, so we'll definitely talk about that too. But, um, so I come to you and you, you're advising me through your courses and, and I, and I want to get started. What, what generally should I expect to have like in reserves or like the kind of, you know, what kind of a, a money, uh, runway do I need to, to get started in this business? You know, I start with $3,000. My buddy Duran started with $800. Okay. We did a roundtable podcast about this. We think that a really strong amount to start with is $1,000. Okay. So anything less than $1,000, you're not going to get much mail out. Yeah. Because what you can do, like I had a client who did this. He had no money. Couldn't afford the land. <laughs> yeah. So he sends out, the, <laughs> sends out his offer. He's got enough money to do mail. Yeah. Sends out his offers in, in upstate New York because he's a New Yorker. Yeah. And guy accepts his offer for three grand. Well, he doesn't have three grand. So what does he do? He says, okay, look, it's going to take me about three months to do due diligence. We'll close in three months. We'll I was going to ask you about this. This is great. And then he sends out the neighbor letters. Yep. And the neighbor raises his hand and says, okay, I want to buy it. He's like, great. So it's 13 grand. So he's like, pay me 13 grand. We'll start the paperwork. Guy pays him 13 grand. He takes that 13 grand, deposits it, pays off his seller three grand. And then he tells the recorder, record this deed first, record this deed second. Yeah. It has an infant ROI, creates ten grand. Yeah, tenure. yeah. I was so I was going to ask you that. Do that. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. But, it's yeah. a it's a it's a pseudo wholesaling kind of an idea, right? It's kind of the same idea. Very right. smart. Very smart. I, I, yeah. That that's um, <laughs> that's brilliant actually. Yeah. You can also do land arbitrage. So let's say that I've got a parcel in Arizona for, and I paid two thousand dollars for it. Well, I'm going to sell it to you, Mike, for ten thousand dollars. You're like, well, I don't have $10,000. I'm like, that's okay. Here's the market, Mike. You can sell this property for 200 down, 200 a month at $10,000. Oh. So I'm going to sell it to you for $100 down, $100 a month. You're like, great. I've got 100 bucks. Wow. And I can afford for the next three months, 100 bucks a month. Now, after three months, and I haven't sold the property, maybe I, I just can't sell this property. Yeah. And I'll just, I'll default. So you're really controlling a $10,000 property for a hundred bucks. Right. So we do that a lot too with our capital constrained clients. Okay. So then they just make the spread. So they sell it yeah. for 200 down, they get a hundred bucks and then they sell 200 a month. Each month they're making a hundred bucks. Yeah. You know, so that, you know, the, the ROI on that is sick. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
Wow, that's that's pretty cool too. So you don't need a lot of money, obviously. I mean, that's the big rub. No, right with, you don't. You don't need a lot of money. Yeah, that that yeah. sounds very reasonable. So, yeah, I think the big thing here is just if you live in Michigan, Illinois, <laughs> Pennsylvania, maybe that's not where you're going to start. But but the good news is this can be like obviously it can be done all virtually. You don't ever need to travel to where you're buying the land. Obviously, right? I can't tell you the last time I looked at a piece of property. No, yeah, and we're a hundred percent virtual. So when COVID hit, we're we're fine. Like it's all done. All our team is virtual. Everything's done online. There's nothing physical about it. Did even you see us? We you know, even when we were buying from our sellers and they had to notarize the property, they could use an online notary. Yeah. Did you notice, like, some folks in, in the residential real estate world, there was, a, there was a little bit of hesitation, slow down. A lot of it is because we need to, a lot of times, go to the house, or we do traditionally. But even with your buyers, right, did you see any, any conservative, like, buyers sort of like, hey, we're going to kind of hit the pause button here? Like, how has COVID affected your business? And, and not the operations. I understand that didn't get affected. But just the actual buying and selling, did it slow down at all? Yeah, I mean, I, I do have a little guilt saying this, but April was the best month I've ever had. I love it. Business. That's awesome. And the reason I think that is, is that when the stock market is so volatile and the Fed is pumping yeah. out trillions and trillions of dollars, yeah. people want a real asset. So yep. they flock to gold, they flock the raw land. Yeah. We have never been busier. Yeah. And my clients have never been busier. It's, it's well, you know, when there's so much pain and suffering going on, I feel badly about it. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, I'm really grateful. If you had developed COVID so that you could boost your sales, I would say you should feel bad. But, you know, you, you had yeah. a good month despite a lot of tragedy. You know, obviously nothing to feel bad about. Um, that That's that's cool. All virtual. I think – I don't know how you, how you feel about this, but I think this – the COVID-19 situation that we're, we're living through right now is going to change businesses and businesses that are not virtual or have been forced to become virtual for a while. I, I really see a change in the way they do things. And I know even in my part of the industry where, like I alluded to a few minutes ago, it's a lot of face-to-face -face negotiations in the house. We've had to start closing over the phone and, and it works by the way, it may not have the exact same uh, success rate as being in front of them, but imagine when you're not driving a half an hour to the appointment, spending an hour and a half there and driving a half an hour back, how many more offers you can make if they're all over the phone. So um, the success rate might go down a little, but it's dwarfed by the volume that you can do when you're, when you're virtual. So I think it's even affecting our market in a positive way. We're learning how to do things a little faster and a little better. So yeah, that's awesome. Interesting. Okay, so how when you sell properties, you're selling them to the neighbors, you're selling them to people. I know this doesn't really matter to you, but as someone listening to this, I'm wondering what is what is typically when you sell this if it's not to a neighbor who's just trying to expand their yard, why do people buy it raw land? What are they doing with it generally? Yeah, so I, I you know a lot of times they're legacy investors. So here's this one asset that they can own that lasts forever. Okay. Nothing to maintain, nothing to protect. You can't steal it. Right. And so for a lot of people, they grew up hearing from their parents, you know, own land. Some of them want to use it for camping. Some of them want to use it uh, to, you know, eventually build or go out there one day or put a tiny home on. Yeah. But for the most part, some people just want to win. Like I got one guy, he's a landscaper, he calls me every like couple months and just wants to beat me up in the negotiation. <laughs> he just wants, he wants these 40 acres in Nevada. He's got a bunch of them. He can make the payments. He can afford it. And it's not about the land anymore. It's about winning the negotiation. Wow. And he loves it. And so, 
he does that. I've got one other guy, he's a CEO in San Diego and he buys beginning of the year, um, a couple hundred grand worth of properties. He's like, just finance me five grand a month. So I've got five grand a month. I just want to keep buying all these properties and have a portfolio of properties. And it's a great note. And I'm like, yeah. Don, what do you, what do you do with all this property? He's like, I don't know. I just think it's cool. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, it's kind of like man jewelry. That's some, funny. some people just want to like, like my wife loves jewelry. I'm like, honey, you can't even see the earrings on your, on your ears. Yeah. It's like the way it makes me feel. And sometimes it's just, they just like know, knowing they own this asset. They, it looks good on their balance sheet. It don't have to maintain it. They don't have to protect it. They can improve it. It's only limited by their imagination. Yep. And you know, it's a great inflation hedge. So they love it. Do, that's a great point. Does, does land value fluctuate like real, like residential real estate? Does it generally not, go up and down? Is, no. In fact, it's, it's really interesting because like I got, you think I would have a horrible year in 2008. Right. I had a great year in 2008. 2009 was solid. 2010, not so much. 50% of my land notes, it's like one day went away. And Just I write about this in, in my book, uh, Dirt Rich, okay. and how I handled that. But um, essentially, we're on the long tail of real estate. So when commercial and residential are getting hit, it takes a while for land to mm. get hit. Okay. Now, the land values did not recover as quickly as housing and commercial did. So it took a little bit longer there. Okay. So it's just a little bit slower to get hit, a little bit slower to recover, but it's certainly not wide swings. Okay. That makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Especially not in our niche. Okay. That makes sense. Well, you mentioned your book, um, Dirt Rich. Let's, for a second, what is, what is that book? Who is that book for? And, and, and why, why should someone go find that book and, and buy it? What, what is it? What is in the book that's going to speak to people? Yeah, the book is really going to explain to people the model and it's going to walk them through the model, how we, how we, you know, work the business as well as my story and um, the mistakes that I made. So you don't make these mistakes. Right. Is, is really what the book is for. It's a really good sort of foundational book to start with because, you know, for two bucks on Kindle, yeah, you can really get an idea of like, oh, here's, here's the business. Okay, perfect. Mark, I, listen, man, I, I, I've been on your show, like I said. I really appreciated you having me on. It's been really fun having you on this show. Uh, you're, you are very, very forthcoming with everything you do. I mean, you laid out your entire business for everyone today, right? You laid it out from end to end how it works. I know there's more to it, but you laid out the structure. And that's a lot of people get frustrated. They listen to shows like this, and and they'll get just bits and pieces. And you kind of laid out the the anatomy of how your whole business works. So, um very cool. I appreciate that, man. It's very, very cool to be that transparent and, and open with people. Yeah, no, my pleasure. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's great that that uh, the model is so simple. Yeah, and um, and hopefully people can kind of see like, oh, there's really no competition. I mean, there's billions of acres of land. Yeah, you know, you, me, a million people could be in here. We're not. They're all going to run out of money before we run out of deal flow. Right, exactly. Well, listen, again, I, I appreciate it very much. Uh, you've been very, very cool. We're going to have all the links to everything, your website, a link to your book. We'll have all that in the show notes. So if you're driving or you're on the treadmill running at the gym or whatever, don't worry. Just go to the go to juststartrealestate.com and uh, you'll see this episode. All the show notes will be there in the links. And Mark, once again, thank you for your time. Thank you for being so transparent and you have a good, uh, safe weekend. Mike Simmons, you as well. All right, man. Thank Thanks. You. We'll see you soon. 
All right, guys, hope you enjoyed that episode and my conversation with Mark. Uh, he was real transparent. I, I know this because I know that when he laid that business model out, it made tons of sense and there were really no gaps in, in what he was doing. He wasn't holding anything back. And I really appreciate that. Those are the kind of guests that I think are super awesome to have on the show because they do. They lay it all out. They kind of tell you what this business model looks like. Now, he's a scaled up model, obviously. He's not a beginner at this, but that kind of goes to show you what direction you would be going in in a scaled up version of what he uh, teaches and what he talks about. He's doing something cool. It's a little different than what I do. It's a little different than a lot of the folks I have on the show do, uh, but it works. And in what he's telling us is there's less competition, right? So that's very, very cool. So go check that out if that's of interest to you. I think it's cool. I'm going to check out his book for sure. Uh, I, I, I definitely want to support him and, and I think that he's a smart guy. So uh, I'm going to check that out. You can go grab that as well. It's called Dirt Rich. You can get it on Amazon. And uh, as far as that goes guys listen you can buy books you can buy courses you can download courses you can do all that but that is not being a real estate investor that's reading about and it's learning about being a real estate investor but in order to be a real estate investor you have to get out there and just start so get out there and start make today awesome i'll see you next time